Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. everybody welcome to main menu live it is the end of the month almost march 30th 2022 i'm larry gassman and with us tonight we have a lot of people we're going to be talking about csun 2022 for the next couple of hours we'll take your questions as well a couple of things to get to first first of all thanks so much to rick morin who is here as our host, John Gassman, just walked in the door from work, so he will be here at some point. Jeff Bishop will be here at some point, but not immediately. He got called into a work-related Microsoft meeting, and so we'll be here at some point. But we do have guests, and more coming at some point between now and when Main Menu ends. So to talk about CSUN, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll actually talk with someone who didn't go but always has great technological questions to ask and is familiar with a lot of stuff. And so we thought we'd love to have him come. And besides, he hasn't been with us for a long time, and we hope to rectify that. Jason Castanway is with us. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Glad to have you back. All right. And our presenters, two presenters uh, at CSUN. He's been to CSUN many times, more times than me. She has never been to CSUN. And went as a presenter, and just eight months or nine months after they got married. So it was also the first time we had a chance to meet them in person uh, because we've known them for years. But Kim and Chris Nova are here. Welcome to you both. Thank you so much for being with us. And you're the, it's the first time for Kim on the main menu. So a lot of firsts tonight. Welcome. Absolutely. Our pleasure. It's so great to be here. Thanks for asking. Yes. Thanks for having us. Have you been on main menu? You haven't either, have you, Chris? I probably in the earlier days, some audio recordings made mm-hmm. it to main menu, but I don't think I've ever done a main menu live. Ah, ah. Well, we're glad to have you. And later on, Steve Bauer will be with us at some point. Um, and we'll take your questions as well. Um, but we wanted to talk about CSUN. You know, CSUN has been and still is the largest assistive technology show in the world. It is huge. And normally, pre or, pre, uh, prior to pandemic ask me to say that again, and I probably won't. Uh, it it had tons of people. It was huge. And the, the year we had the pandemic in 2020, um, a lot of people ducked out and said, we're not coming. A lot of huge companies didn't come. People didn't come. And by the time we were almost at an end, it was like a ghost town. There was hardly anybody there. A lot of people did presentations and got out as quickly as they could, because there were all kinds of rumors flying around that the, the, you couldn't, you weren't going to be able to get flights out of there in a couple of days. So, I mean, people left by like Thursday, a day prior to its official closing. They made arrangements, meaning the Center on Disabilities, and said, "If you need to go, go ahead. You won't be charged that extra night because you're canceling your hotel room. Just go if you have to go." And a lot of us did, even though John and I live 15 minutes from, from CSUN, we left a day early. And so we wondered what it was going to be like this year. Well, it was actually really pretty good. It wasn't full by any means yet, 
but it was much fuller than it was in 2020. And we had a great time. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And, and we have a clip to play of a couple of things. Uh, we we're, were asking Kim and Chris to talk a little bit about what they did uh, as presenters and what's that all about? How do you do that? Because most of us just come in and watch and listen and go to the exhibit hall and meet friends. That's a large part of it. So maybe we can talk to you guys first about, first of all, how did you actually get the idea of presenting? And then what was the roadmap to do that? How did you get that done? Well, we, we were presenting in behalf of another company. So we did the presentation for the company that we presented on. So they made most of, if not all of the arrangements they submitted the presentation that was accepted by csun and then at the last minute they had to change presenters from them to us because you know it it looked a little bit better i suppose for us to present on the product so that you know people could understand how usable the product was and coming from two totally blind individuals that kind of makes a a stamp, if you will, in the in the uh, industry. Yeah, and we had familiarity with it as well, so it was pretty easy for. And once the presentation was submitted, to go ahead and put together something that we could say in forty minutes, because forty minutes is all you got, and you have twenty minutes to essentially get there and set up, and then the floor is yours for forty minutes, and then you need to be out when that forty minutes is up and get the next person in and prepping for their presentation. Although in our case, ours was right before lunch, so I don't think anyone was prepping to go in right after we were to that particular space. So that was good. And Chris and I are very, very in tune with one another. So we don't really have to worry too much about, you know, who's going to say what and how's it going to work. It's usually a pretty organic thing, although I was the one with the written notes in front of me. So I kind of got the boring part of doing all the logistical, technical pieces. And then he got to do all the demo pieces. But it worked out. It was very interesting and very nice. And we got some interesting questions from audience members. So it was quite an interesting experience. I've done lots of presentations on many topics over the years and this was small in comparison to many of them but it was a technology presentation and obviously it was a csun so it was a big deal and it was quite interesting and quite a lot of fun yeah we had a microphone set up between the two of us Mm -hmm. so we were able to speak into the microphone and sometimes you really don't need the microphone depending on the presentation but that one you kind of did and then the microphone was so close to the device that it picked up the device and and people were able to hear the device as well as us so we didn't mix the device's audio into a mixer we just let the microphone pick that up and And we had time in advance to go ahead and get that working and planned and figured out so that's one of the reasons you're supposed to get there you know at least 20 minutes early or 20 minutes early definitely no more than that because if you do that you're cutting in on somebody else's time so we had time to sort it all out we had not been in the presentation space previous to our presentation so that's where the 20 minutes comes in to kind of get all that kind of thing straightened out and that was good because we had some mic issues we had to get fixed and make sure everybody could hear us and all these things so the logistical was taking a bit of time John is here. John Gasman just wandered in, and we just started a few minutes ago. We talked to, we're talked. we talking to Kim and Chris about 
presenting, what, was it any different than presenting in other venues? No. No. Nope. Same? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of get in the zone, and you just kind of start in, and I know we do, because we're so used to presenting together, you know, we can just kind of bounce off of one another easily, and once you're there, and once you started, and once we were introduced, it was just like any other presentation, except we just happened to be at the biggest assistive technology conference in the world. (laughs) For me, at least, um, when I'm presenting with Kim, I just kind of zone out meaning I'm relying on the cues that she's giving me and she's relying on the cues, either even unspoken cues that I'm giving her. And I I forget that the audience is there. There could be two people there. There could be a hundred people there. There could be a thousand people there. I don't know. I just tune out and, and we do the best you can. Is, is this something that you, you could get used to and do would like to do again? Do you enjoy yeah. doing these? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. How is it different from a, in this case, because it's a much larger room. Um, if you were in one of the platinum, oh, there's Steve Bauer. Good. If you were in one of the platinum rooms, it's a large echoey room. Does that cause any problems for you at all? Not really. No. I think I've done so much presenting in my mm-hmm. life that. You know, I was a I was a musician. You know, I have a music major, so I, I kind of know how to project, and I've done some theater. So, yeah. I mean, that piece is kind of fun for me. Um, you know, just kind of getting reused to the ambience of the room and having enough time to sit there and talk enough to figure out what I need to do. And you know, we didn't know when we started how much of an audience we had. You know, we didn't right. we, we didn't know anybody were there is to begin well mm-hmm. actually that's not true we did know that there were a few people there because they were telling us you know speak louder or turn on the mic louder or you know whatever that was so we knew there were at least two or three people in the room but we had no idea what the numbers were mm-hmm. but yeah you know it was um it was a cool experience in terms of of getting used to the space and figuring it out but i'm a little like chris once i start i want to engage with that audience sure. but i try not to think too much about them mm-hmm. because I need to say what I need to say to get them interested, you know, in the product and finding out more information about that. That's my main goal. Now, you both were in the booth as well after presenting, um, and you were in exhibit hall that was not overly crowded in comparison mm-hmm. to prior years, but there were still a lot of people there. Um, a lot of people I didn't get a chance to see because I didn't even know they were there mm-hmm. until after the fact. What was that like for you guys? It was fun. It's always fun to meet different people and meet a lot of people who have questions about education. I think for me, the part I loved was networking with a whole bunch of professionals who totally got where we were coming from. That piece was awesome. Just being able to, you know, converse on that level with people who aren't necessarily just consumers. Some of them might be consumers, but they're also professionals. They're in the field. To me, that was very appealing. Even at the booth when people were asking questions, many of them were asking from an educational standpoint and trying to learn for students and for others in their organizations. I found that really refreshing and and then of course we got to walk around a little bit and do some networking ourselves which was i think the most fun part for us honestly just being able to meet people like you guys who we haven't met before who we've known for years you know that part was awesome (laughs) the cool thing about this year and and i'm not saying that this needs to happen year after year because we would love to see it full 
but it was it was actually very nice for those of us who are blind who have no vision except mm-hmm. in my case light perception but essentially no no vision mm-hmm. it we, we could at least hear where and who people were and kind of get an idea as to who was at each booth when when the hall is really full you do not have that that mm-hmm. at all you can't hear. And and one of the things that, that Mike May is working on with regard to the indoor navigation is the ability to actually have the app tell you where you are. Uh, the problem is that, in the, and we'll get into this in a little, just a few minutes, in, in, in that particular case, they didn't get the exhibits actually labeled, etc., in time because they didn't have them until almost the last minute. But they think theoretically that in a year or so, uh, they they could have it mapped so that you could use that app and know that you were coming up to the Mystic Access booth. Uh, maybe you don't know nice. who's in it, yeah, but you you know that at least that's where you are, which forestalls a lot of questions like, is this the Mystic Access booth? No, so, that's three booths down. <laughs> yeah, and up an aisle. Good luck. <laughs> GPS is off by what, 10 feet? Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, we kept wandering around to all the same booths. We kept going in a weird circle, circle one yeah. day. We, oh, yeah. Going, we saw the same person like four times. We we knew we were first name basis by the time we were done. It's like, hey, what's up? You know, She's like, you're back. You're back again. We're like, oops, hi again. And actually, too, when you're walking the booths, it's it's very, very easy to accidentally go behind someone's yeah, booth. Into yes, a booth. Yes, I did it this year a couple times. So did we. we Pur- did actually, purposely once, just to see if I could still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve Bauer, you're here as well. You went to CSUN, I think, one day, correct? I I did that on purpose to see how fast he could unmute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the battery's closed captioning. Yeah, he remarks. might be doing that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in this okay. case, there you there go. We- Oh, okay. Sorry about that. That's I all right. The wrong buttons and the wrong headphones on and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, that happens. Yes. Uh, You're I a real tech for, person, aren't you, Steve? <laughs> I am. I am. It's been crazy. Uh, I had to shift gears here uh, doing legislative seminar stuff earlier today. But uh, anyway, um, yes, I was there for just one day, and I totally agree with you. It was much quieter. Um, I actually went um, in CSUN 2020 that you were talking about. Um, I didn't get the memo that we're going to shut it down Thursday night, and I actually came down on Friday. I live about, um, I don't know, uh, 34 miles away from CSUN, and so I came down here on public transportation and got in there, and I said, oh, we're closing down in two hours, and that was really weird because there was nobody there. I mean, I talked to two or three exhibitors, and that was it. This year was much more normal, but it was very quiet, and... uh, um, yeah, I gotta say the um, the GPS. Um, even Mike admitted that they you know wasn't gonna tell you the booth, but it was great to be able to find you know restaurants and the bathroom and the exit and stuff like that. So um, that the uh, Explorer app from uh, Good Maps really helped out quite a bit. And yeah. I the one problem I had that I haven't experienced in years, and I used Ira a bit to uh, to find things, but. People, sighted people I was with, and Ira and nobody else could seem to see the booth numbers. They could see the names of the booths, 
And so she was trying to get me to a booth I wanted to go to. And I would look up and say, okay, that's booth number, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she would say, okay, that's must be two, two down or two rows over or whatever. But uh, I had that with several different agents that uh, nobody could see the booth numbers this year for some reason. Huh? Yeah. I, I don't know that I went to the, to any booths with Ira. John may have, I did not. Uh, we actually used the good maps app to see what it would tell us. And and they've got some more work to do on it, but at least we could we could kind of center in on it, which was really really cool. You know, go ahead. For for those that don't know how Good Maps works, it uses lidar technology, and they walk around the venue with a backpack, and it takes pictures of the area, and then once. They submit the venue. I'm not exactly sure how the backend stuff works, but what you do is you install the Explorer app and you hold your phone with your back facing camera out and it will then match where you are in its database of photos that they took using LiDAR. So what we're going to do for the next 12 minutes or so is, and we did this for several different recordings. I don't know if they're all ready to go yet, but we recorded quite a bit with people about it, uh, venues, etc. And we talked um, to several people, I guess, at Good Maps. John, you can kind of set this up because well, I don't think it's set up on the actual recording. No, no. Evelyn is the CFO uh, and she uh, was doing demos practically the entire week and organizing things and mike may was there and a couple of other people as well so we basically just took a digital recorder and she held my phone and basically ran the app and i recorded everything and we walked from one area of the hotel to the other and uh, it really you know if you if you've ever walked with a gps unit outside you know what kind of description you get well just pretend you're now inside and you get the same a lot of the same basic commands i should say that you had a what an iphone 12 pro right i have an iphone 8 you're really on top of things larry is it christmas yet (laughs) Um, (laughs) not for you (laughs) And, and so we took each phone and did a route with the phones to see what the differences would be and they were essentially the same as it, I found out later, it really starts to come apart if you start using an iPhone 7 because the camera is different. But with an 8 up through uh, the most recent iPhone, uh, you get really, really good results. And so we talked to her and asked several questions, which you will hear in this 12-minute clip. And, and toward the end, we start talking, started talking about the new beta uh, that it was about that had just come out, and I see where there is another one that just came out yesterday. I yeah. haven't had a chance to install it yet, but I will probably in the next day or so. But for the next ten minutes or so, we'll speak with Evelyn as we traverse the Anaheim Marriott using Good Maps. We're on the location screen of Good Maps Explore. Uh, the location screen gives you information about where your current location is. Uh, when you click the search tab, which is the second tab, it allows you to search for places you want to go in the building. So we're going to get a route to 
Platinum 7. Platinum 7, first floor. And that's in our recent searches. So if you want to go there to your recents, it's already populated for you. Um, and then favorite. I can Check favorite. Box. Not checked. Platinum 7, heading, first floor. Options, heading, directions. And we Button. want directions. Directions. Get directions, hold the phone vertically so the camera can see where exit directions. Button. So you have to hold the phone vertically so the camera can see where you are in the space. And that and means up and down. Yes, up and down. The dinging down, that Get down means it's not getting so your location. And then when you flip it up, the ding is Scan trying to, to find your location. So the app is giving us directions to Platinum 7. And occasionally voice Continue 95 feet yes. and turn left. But it's not saying anything. Turn right and then turn left. Usually. <laughs> turn left and continue 25 feet. Ah, turn left up here. Turn left and then turn left again. And we're walking at a moderate um, pace. Turn right and continue 15 feet. Sometimes when the app gets a little confused, you just need to stop and let it reset itself. Hmm. Turn left and continue 140 feet. Continue 140 feet and turn right. Okay, so we just turn left and now we're continuing 120 feet and then turn right. So if the app gets confused, just stop, let it reset itself, or tilt continue it down 90 and tilt feet it back and turn right. Then we're walking straight down the middle of the carpeted corridor, right? Yes, yes. Continue 50 feet and turn right. If we don't do that, does the app get confused? A little bit, yeah. Approaching so right turn. In the main hallway, it's very sensitive about if you uh, veer. And let's see, approaching right turn. Turn right and continue 55 feet. Continue right. 55 feet and turn left. We just turn right. Now we're continue 40 feet, then turn left. Approaching left turn. Turn left and continue 40 feet. Now we're turning left. Continue 40 feet and destination on right. Approaching destination on right. Approaching destination on right. Turn right and arrive at destination. Now you have arrived near Platinum 7. And we're about 5 to 10 feet from the door. Which is in front Get of directions. Yes, right, straight up. And here's the door. Sometimes like GPS does. Yeah. So when it was doing that, like, turn left, turn right, I just, like, stop in my tracks and just let it settle itself down. Uh -huh. Or I'll tilt it down, you know, where it goes the, to the up and down. Mm -hmm. So just reset it. Because it does get a little confused. So if you just reset it, then it helps you reestablish its location. Uh, but are there some instances We're not because of GPS where no. it might take you to the wrong location because it sees it, but it's not exactly right in front? Yeah. It's more, I think, because, um, in, like, for instance, down there in that open area, if you veer, like, for instance, when Gina's doing it, she's not walking straight 50 feet, turning right, then turning left. She's cutting across the path, right. and that's what most people would do, and it's not like that. So oh. we're trying to figure out how to um, accommodate kind of zigzag walking patterns mm -hmm. because, you know, that's that's very common. Sure. Um, so 
Right now it's very sensitive and in big hallways. Now how does it acquire a location? So it finds your location because it's using geo-referenced images from the original scan that we created. So we come into the building, take a scan of the building using a LiDAR backpack, and walk the building with that backpack, and we create a digital twin of the space. And then once a person comes into the building, they can open up the app, and the phone is seeing what um, is in the environment and comparing it to that original scan. So if the, so if the if if Anaheim Marriott, for example, does a refurbishment of this building, then what we have now is useless, right? If they were to um, reconstruct this whole area, we will have to rescan the building. Yes. So what happens if all of a sudden you've done the walk of the building and you've got it perfect, and then we have a we have CSUN and you mm-hmm. say, "Oops, we forgot." How easy is it to go back and try and assimilate all of whatever might be new or into yeah. what we've done? So um, in the Good Maps Studio platform, which is our mapping platform, a venue owner could go in or a conference group could go in and edit the information on the fly in real time and it would be pushed to the app. So if these conference room names change from mm-hmm. Platinum 7 to conference room three you can go in and edit that in real time and that data will push to the app so you could add all of the exhibit information in right before the exhibit or right before the conference starts which as i understand it, it is what you did yes so the exhibit hall does not work well because the camera when we scanned the building, did not have all of CSUN's exhibits, obviously. Mm -hmm. It was an open room. So for exhibit hall instances, it's not great in terms of uh, trying to navigate you in the exhibit hall, but you can get look-around information like the 1100 row is right in front of me, 1300 rows to the right, that type of information, but not actual turn-by-turn like you can to the conference rooms. Now, is it feasible as in the Outdoors app, to eventually be able to add points of interest as yeah, you walk around? that's something Mike really wants. Oh, yeah, me too. He really wants to be able to add points of interest as well as hear points of interest being announced while he's mm-hmm. in a long route, like the one we just did, mm-hmm. hearing the platinum rooms that we were passing. And um, we want to be able to share points of interest, too, with other friends or other people. So it's on the roadmap for sure. And it's, that's not really... Is it possible with outdoors? Adding points of interest? You can't share them, though, yet. I don't think you can share them, no. no. Yeah. Like we used to be able to do with, uh, with uh, Apex the, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the original Sendero. Mm-hmm. That was great. We, uh, Mike and I and, and Jamie pretty much Marty. mapped Disneyland. Oh, that's so cool. It was fun. That's really fun. Yeah. I bet that was a lot of walking. Oh, it was. <laughs> So, yes, but not at the moment. It's on the roadmap, but definitely being able to add points of interest or breadcrumb mode is what we want to be able to add as a feature. How often do you think that would come out? Um, So we're doing feature releases. So we're about to do a big app redesign, and um, we will be using, you will see a whole new version of the app come out in the next month, and it's going to allow you to get from, right now, if you were to open the app, and start a destination it's 13 voiceover commands and we're getting it down to three so yeah so you open the app it automatically lands on the search um like on search you type in lobby bar 
it um, the search is much more um, dynamic so if you just type in lob or misspell or dictate doesn't get it right it will still populate your results and then you could select lobby bar and just by one tapping and or long tapping long long press and it will start your route immediately so you'll so be no in the building. Extra. You'll be in the building when you first start the app. Like yes. now, you have to enter the building. So you don't have to do that anymore. They got good, rid of that. Good, good, good. No more entering the building. No more um, having to go to the search tab. No more having to uh, toggle through the favorite. Then the how mm-hmm. many feet away? Then the options. It's just open the app, search your lobby bar, and it takes you straight there. Great. And it's three three taps because. Um, I've been I've been working with a lot of users, and it takes them longer to get the route than to actually do the route. Mm-hmm. And so now we we've made that um, the opposite. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Who would people contact in order to have their building mapped? If you are interested in having your specific building mapped, you can contact me, and I'll give you my email. Um, it's Evelyn.Titchener at GoodMaps.com, but I'll write that out for you. Um, and if you have a building in your area that you're interested in having mapped, it's really helpful if you could reach out to them and explain how useful the technology is and then put me in touch with them as well. Um, because, you know, the venue does pay for this service, so it's good for consumers to say, hey, this technology would really improve your building accessibility, and then you can make the intro to me. The process is we come to the building, take a scan of the building, it takes as long as it would take someone to walk the space then we go back and edit in uh, those digital maps and then we review the maps with the customer to make sure they're correct and then we publish those to the building so that uh, as soon as they're published you can go in test it out use it um, and it's ready to go so it's a really easy process on the venue no installation of any equipment In other words, it beats the hell out of the vegans. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, we're back. (laughs) All right. And we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, And I'll put the email address into the uh, a a main menu message. But uh, Evelyn's last name is spelled T-I-N... Oh, shoot. C-H-E-N-O-R, I believe it is. Uh, Now you look it up. T-I-C-H-E-N-O-R. So, um, at Good Maps. So, that was, I think, the app or the event of CSUN. At least it was for me, and I know a lot of other people. Uh, often I heard people walking up and down the... With the uh, phones. The highway with, with phones. To your yeah, right. I heard that various time. Venue, so... You know, it's amazing. We ha- When did we have them on here uh, main menu about it maybe last month last year sometime and look how how far they've come just in a few months yeah exactly well and it, it'll continue to be a uh, ongoing event as as technology improves so so those of you who who are not in one of the buildings that has been have been mapped won't really have a chance to try it out until the summer shows but there are a lot of buildings you know you can you can walk around in virtual mode to the buildings that they have mapped and you know perkins is in there uh, american printing house you know i don't remember wall and i married is now in there in case you uh, want to get a head start on csun next year 
So uh, they will be in NFB for sure in December, and that'll be probably mapped. Uh, we've approached ACB about doing it, but you know, we'll yeah, see what happens. That's, that's still in the planning stages, so we'll see yeah. how that goes. We'll see. Um, anything we want to get to before we take some questions? Anything else I've missed? I do want to talk about other things that you saw, Steve, as well. And Jason, if you have questions, by all means. We, we actually got a chance to do some exhibit hunting and looking. Uh, we spent a lot of time, uh, because we both have L-Brails, we spent a lot of time with uh, the Sparrow, uh, working on a couple of issues that we have with our individual L-Brail. Uh, and by the way, one, one of the cool things that happened, there were parties, yes, every night. And yes, we went to most of them. Because, you know, you have to do that when you're there. But uh, Just to make sure that they're still up to specs. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Center on Disabilities had a huge party. We went to that when, when I got there, like at 6.30 after legislative seminar. No, no, Larry, it wasn't a party. It was a welcome back reception. It was a party. And we had a great time. There were a lot of people there. And Wednesday, Vespero had a reception, and we went to that. And th- uh, Thursday night, usually it's become a ritual. At some point during CSUN, John and I and Ron Miller from Vespero go to dinner. So we said, oh, this would be fun to do. And we picked the night. And Rachel, also from Vespero, uh, said, oh, I want to come. And... The decision was made, let's stay in the hotel, because a lot of people were really tired. So that meant that there were going to be four of us. And then I get a call as I'm coming down from the lobby from Ron saying, oh, by the way, we're already here and there are 10 of us. Lots of friends from Vespero. In fact, a couple of people even came in while the dinner was on who were eating at other tables and came over and said hello. But it, it, it showed you that everybody just wanted to be together and get together and see people they hadn't seen before. That was a huge part of CSUN, unplanned this year. And it was so much fun. We had such a great time. And they did. They streamed a number of events. They set aside one of the Platinum Rooms. I think it was six. It was. And they did uh, at least three or four events that they streamed. And they remained up on YouTube for a couple of days. I don't know if they're still up there. Uh, They were when I got home. A couple of them were. But not the entire four days just the, the oh. most recent day so i don't know if they're still up there or not i haven't even checked in a while i know all the keynote stuff is up there but i don't know about the individual presentations uh but by, by the way one of the people i just spoke of who came in while we were all together at the table jane is here and she has her hand raised Hi. Hi. Yes, um, I <laughs> had the pleasure this year of volunteering for the Orbit Research booth. You did, and we were we were I think one of the popular booths because of um, our products, which is the Graffiti and Graffiti Plus. Um, this year was a big year for <laughs> graphics, um, and our thing was the visual display and we were able to show um it is an array of pins that are 60 by 40 in a grid where of the pins change depending on the image and there was another um called the dot pad but it was very very 
we were one of the busiest booths and I had to get away to see everything that I could. But, um, yeah. Very cool. So I'm glad you got a lot of good uh, reception from from people because it, it, it's the one place where you, well, that and the, and the shows are the places where you can really see things and get hands-on experience and explanations from the people at the various booths. And By the, the way, wh- and the networking is yes. wonderful. You know, especially if you've been around a while, like we've been to most of them since the 90s. So we get to chance to know most people, maybe not everybody, but by the time you end a season, you meet so many new people, your friend list grows mm-hmm. exponentially by far. And so that's one of the big thrills to see friends and people that you've known even on the phone and maybe you've not met them before. So by the way, one Terrific. of the things I wanted to mention before I forget is that I walked by the Humanware booth and I had, had intended to visit because the uh, my second generation stream is about eight or nine years old. And last year, the power button began to go. Yeah, mine's gone. I'm you using my first one. And it, and it wouldn't beep. It would just do nothing. Uh, and I think that's a known issue. And so I let it sit for about six months and tried it one day and it worked for about five minutes. So I figured, well, I'll check to see if anybody else at Humanware is familiar with it, and they were. Uh, but they also confirmed rumors that we had been hearing for a while, which is that at some point there will be a third generation of the Victor stream. They, there's no apparent information yet in terms of when or what it's going to uh, consist of with regard to features, just that they apparently are planning a third one. So we'll all be eagerly awaiting that and of course when when it comes out or when it's near time to come out we'll try and get somebody from uh, humanware to come on uh main menu and talk about it so we have a few more raised hands rick who's next uh nikki nikki from san francisco i'm sorry i'm sorry i was late i misplaced my link (laughs) Uh, anyway um, I, so I came in in the middle of the discussion about the woman going around in the hallways and whatnot, and I'm not quite sure whether the company you were talking about is the one that Mike May founded many years ago. So my question is, is, is it the same company, and is this a new and improved version of what he originally had many, many years ago, or is it something completely different? It's completely different. It's the inside version with different elements to, okay. to indoors, it's indoors I mean, only. I mean, he's, they still work with the outdoor version of uh, Good Maps, uh, but this is an indoor version that they're working on and improving upon. So it's a little different. Yeah, it is Thank really terrific. Good Maps is affiliated with the American Printing House, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're they're sort of like the parent company as well. But uh, in this particular case, it's brand new. Everything is brand new, especially as it relates to indoor, and they are so excited about the reaction this year at CSUN that they're continuing. We're now beta testers. I didn't know we were going to be beta testers until until she sent me a link. And I'm happy to do it because it's so much fun. It's very enjoyable. And it, and it sounds wonderful. It was very exciting to listen to. Thank you very much. You're welcome, You're welcome. There are lots of different videos and, and explanations up on their website, which is goodmaps.com. So, guys, guys, yes. it was, it, it was really you. funny. This is Rick when I was uh, when we were doing the convention this year. Yeah, for ACB, I was at Perkins. That's where we had our our control center, mm-hmm. and, 
in the middle of the convention, in walks this guy with this huge backpack on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he starts walking around and, the, you know, it, it's, it, it, it was like propellers were whizzing and all this kind of stuff. But, but he was walking up and down. It was pretty clear that was the good maps guy. Um, and, um, you know, he, <laughs> it was funny as all get out because, uh, Hey, you're, uh, you're interrupting what we're doing. Or it doesn't matter. I'm here to do the job. Okay. 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 But, but wow. yeah, so <laughs> I've seen it in action and he was probably in there. He mapped, um, the whole floor in about 10 minutes, 10, 20 minutes. Wow. And, um, and yeah, the, I think the real work is once they get these maps, you know, done all these pictures taken. The editing, I'm sure, is, is a pretty big it's, job yeah, because big, because they have to identify all this geo stuff, you know, to what the actual um, you know uh, places are. But but it's incredibly powerful stuff. So really cool. But can you imagine if they ever have an opportunity to map the Disney parks, for example, or oh, any any God. major theme park? I mean, oh, it yeah. would be terrific. Blind people would come oh, if they yeah. could afford it. They would come. Uh, oh yeah. And it would be terrific. And you you name any major organization. Venue. Venue, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the main menu towers. I mean, we look (laughs) forward to the day that the main menu towers are mapped. Don't, now John, we have to build need, a main menu you tower. Need to talk about that because some people actually believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's your first mistake, people. Don't believe John. That's true. Don't believe him. Hey, we have more hands. Before you get to that hand, yeah. I'm sorry. Sure. I have a quick question. This is Jason. Um, I wonder, I know how noisy environments can get when navigating indoors. And I just wondered if there are any haptic enhancements, you know, haptic feedback enhancements or things in the app to help if maybe you're walking along and you didn't quite hear it but maybe you get a little tap or there's something to remind you hey you got to turn here you know i don't know if they've if i'm sure somebody must have brought I, that up i, don't I know thought that they been. had some i don't know whether it was a keystroke or you do you can do something to repeat yes what was just is. said but, oh, okay but i, I don't know if there's a haptic thing i know that they're talking eventually uh about glasses so that you don't have to carry the phone oh nice yeah but you know that's a little ways off, and it's it's part of the growth <laughs> pattern. So we'll have to have Mike and Evelyn on at some point, maybe before the end of the year, or you know when when an, a major event comes along with regard to an update, and and, and get more information about that. So Good and if question. they're you figure if they're doing it, uh, what you wonder if there's an, any other companies you know waiting for the correct moment to compete. That's always the way it happens. Which is great. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey Mitchell, it's your turn, buddy. All right, thanks. Hey, Larry, what vendors did you guys see besides Freedom Scientific and Unimore? What other vendors did you guys run across over there? Um, so if anybody else wants to jump in on this, that's fine. That would be I great. I stopped briefly by uh, Ira's booth, yeah. and they're, they're, disgu- they're talking about, they're not really promoting it yet because it's not out, about the Ira desktop, which will allow people to converse with the agents using a desktop situation. And they're not really showing it yet, but they hope that within a month or two it will become available. And I know they've talked about it on the IroCast as well. So, um, and I have not tried it. I know Brad Snyder has. Yep. And it's it it works. So it's got some problems still. It's still being developed, but apparently it's uh, it's a lot of people are talking about it. So we'll see what happens when when it becomes available. That's the other major company that I saw. I'm trying to remember if I. I didn't get to envision. I meant to. 
and I know yeah. that they've been profiled on a lot of podcasts recently because they just came out with some new features for their glasses. There were a couple of companies I wanted to get to, and in fact, we had one on just a week or so ago, uh, and and we didn't. The Samsung phone, we did not get to them. I knew they were there, but you know, there's only there's so many things going on. Uh, and then you say, okay, let me get to that later on. And then you forget because there's, your mind is always racing trying to get to the next place. And there were several that I missed that I didn't get to. Um, Anyone we- get to check out uh, Hymns and the Braille Sense 6 Mini? Yes. We did. We did. Yes. We did too. Oh, good. Okay. Well, hang <laughs> talk on. About that. You guys can all talk about, about it. So it was like I haven't touched a Hymns device since the U2. And when I picked it up, it was just like coming home and I was able to use it and, you know, fly around it. And they, they were saying, try and untight, try and out type it. And while my Braille isn't as fast, I handed it to Kim and she was able to, she was not able to. I was not to able to out type it. <laughs> it. And it was so cute. You know, come on. It's a yeah. little bitty Braille the, the other thing, Kim and I accidentally uh, found a, a company where we just recently bought a product from them, which is, and she can help me out because I'm, I'm uh, let's see, I think on it's the uh, North, 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 Ridge, no, it's North, not North, Ridge, North State, North State, North State Assistive State Technology. Technology, and they carry this thing called the Lyric, L-Y-R-I-Q. It is a stationary although it is portable because it runs on battery it is a uh, scanning machine so it takes a picture of your text and it reads it to you in about a second i mean it's Ooh. amazing it's unbelievable how quickly it reads and what we, what, we both really wanted one <laughs> almost <and> immediately <laughs> almost immediately but the thing that really sold me on that was that like say you're reading mail and it's re- you're reading an envelope and you're like, I don't really care about this anymore. You just pull it away. It stops reading. You put the next piece of paper on. It takes your picture and it starts reading again. Wow. Very wow. cool. And Very it, nice. is the accuracy pretty good? Yes. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were like, okay, I guess we're going home and buying an expensive toy. And we did. <laughs> and it's here wow. and we love it. <laughs> about what does it cost? $2,000. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't well, know if Larry, you guys noticed. Larry's working for ACB. He can afford a couple of them for oh, us. <laughs> Thanks for getting me into a whole lot of trouble. And I'll just say John said that. He said it. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys noticed. I did it as we were walking through. It used to be that if you've heard an embosser, it sounded like a jackhammer. Yep. I heard a couple this year, and I barely heard them. I recognized them because of the sound. But they were so quiet. Uh, and one was not too far from me. I've, I've, so they've made some huge strides with regard to Braille and Bronson. Do you know which ones they were? Do you know which ones? <laughs> I found I, one. Go ahead. Because I, yes. I didn't get a chance to see the one that I talked about. I just heard it. I found one for, I think it was 11 pounds, and I really wanted to take it home. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's the it's a rebranded Embrail from the Irie. AT, it's about fifteen hundred dollars. Um, this is a very uh, about eleven pounds embosser, almost the size of um, your printer. Um, it was very quiet, and the person 
I mean, he had it on a small shelf down, like on a little cart or something. And he embossed it, did single sheets of both tractor and can tractor and or cut sheet paper. And um, yeah, he was able to do regular braille and tactile graphics on a, and you can buy an accessory that transfers that you could do Wi Fi or, um, and, kind of do it like an air printer almost so you can emboss it as well but that's fascinating i mean that's coming down in price so if you are looking for something like this absolutely you know it's always nice to have an embosser if you can afford it Uh, my wife had one and i I gave it to somebody eventually because i wasn't using it much but there are still times when i need them and uh might be something to take a look at because they have come down in price yeah, I, I I ended up finding one used, and I love it because, you know, sighted peers can just print something out if they want it. I'm sure. like, I want that ability, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I do, too. Yeah, it's really nice to have on hand. All right. Uh, anything else before we get to our next hand? Okay. Travis, why don't you go ahead, Travis? Hey, everyone. How are we doing? Hey, we're doing good, Travis. How are you? Uh, doing well, thank you. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so first of all, great presentation about the good naps thing. It sounds like CSUN was fun, which I'm glad to hear. It was. It was. And we were hoping it would be fun, but we didn't know. But it was. It was well, really, really good. That's great. So the good naps feature, that's only for indoor uh, purposes, Correct. What we what we showed tonight was just for indoors, but they do have an outdoor version as well. And it's called Good Maps as well, or Good Maps Outdoors. Good Maps Outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Um, Te- technically, now, indoors those- is the Explore. It, it, it's called Explore. If you go search for it in the uh, App Store, and and it's there. They're both there, and they're both free. Yeah, anybody can download it okay. in the App Store. You just just do a search for Explore, and. And, and then flick to the right because you'll see a couple maybe before you actually hit that one. And it'll say Explorer Good Maps. So there's hmm. there's no issue about, gee, is this the right one? It definitely is, and it's free. And that's good to know. Yeah. And then, um, gosh, was there anything, say, about app from Apple or anything or anything or the Alexa as well? There were a couple of presentations from Alexa. I don't. I don't think anybody. I don't. I'm not aware that anybody from Apple was there. They don't usually attend. Uh, not every year. Not, not every year. Occasionally, somebody will show up. But yeah, I know that not, the, not in total. Not, there not were here. some Alexa, Alexa presentations, but we didn't. You know, you have to pick what you want to go to, and our schedules were both full, and we didn't get a chance to go. Now, I heard, yeah, that's great. Now, I heard that there's an embossed that's in the market that's quiet and it does all the graphics. Is that true? Um, there are several. Um, the one that I just discussed is one of them. Um, the, the Embrail from View Plus is the rebranded one from Myriity. I mean, it depends on what um, embosser you are looking for this is more like a personal embosser i would say um but they're definitely industrial sizes and they have gotten a lot quieter than the older <laughs> days where it needed a well some might still need a um 
what do you call that? Those enclosures with the, <laughs> but you know, you don't need them anymore, at least nowadays. Mm-hmm. But, now, um, with the, today's embossers, um, do you still have to download Duxbury and only work on a PC? That's my big question. Um, so I, I can't answer that, but yeah, Duxbury is for, I think, more transcribers and for those who um, needed the, this person just did it in word although the tiger software suite will come with the $1,500 embosser from um, IRAT so he was able to just configure all that in the in using word from the extension from the the software that he was using i wasn't aware that he was using duxbury but um definitely check with your manufacturer and duxbury to find the specification yeah go ahead steve it's only on a pc it can't be done on a mac is that correct Um, it can yes there is a mac version of duxbury yeah and there's also braille blaster which is uh, available on windows mac and linux Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That is good to know. That is good to know that, that people can use an embosser on the Mac. I am glad to know that since yeah. a lot of us are switching to the Mac and everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this good. is Steve. I uh, wanted to mention uh, what uh, Jane was talking about earlier. The um, I, I have one of the uh, uh, embossers from Humanware, and in the software they provide, uh, there is actually something that installs itself as a uh, you know when you go in the context menu for word for example it'll say direct braille and um you know i can't edit the uh, file i can't change you know where things show up on the page and that sort of thing but if i just want to quick and dirty print a, a word document uh, it does very well with with that and uh, you know surprisingly a uh, few errors and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's a very, very doable thing. But yeah, Braille Blaster is free and you can get in and, and do some editing if you want also. So there's there's a lot of options. And even, uh, you know, our humanware embosser, uh, you know, it's possible to emboss uh, using uh, direct Braille from note takers or an iPhone or, you know, a Mac or a PC. It's wireless and we can pretty much shove anything in it we want to and use that direct Braille. Uh, we've only got Braille Blaster running on the computers, but everything else, uh, you know, is is not a problem. Very cool. good. Travis, thank you very much. Ask some great questions. Larry, also want to, no problem. Thanks for the press. You bet. I also want to mention, you had mentioned the uh, the real Sam folks. I did right. spend some time over there uh, oh, with did. that phone. Okay. And uh, um, it's interesting. It's, uh, you know, I, I went there thinking it was a... Uh, direct competitor to the blind shell, but actually their big thing is it's all voice control and you can pretty much do everything you want with your voice. Um, it has, uh, you know, you can call, you can text, you can uh, actually read books. They don't have, um, they've got Gutenberg and some of the free libraries uh, that are available right now. Uh, you can do rudimentary OCR. Uh, it's got a magnifier, which uh, you know, I'm a totally blind person, so it wouldn't help me out at all. But I understand that that's the one feature that you need to use your fingers to kind of, you know, spread them apart or put them together to make the image uh, larger or smaller on the phone. But everything else is totally voice control. Uh, it's got some location services. I'm not exactly sure how 
much they go into that, but you can ask it where you are and, and you know, stuff like that. And uh, they're adding more things to it. Uh, what she told me was, uh, you know, somebody at the booth with me uh, was asking if it would read NLS books. And she said, no, just the, uh, the free libraries right now. But apparently they are bidding for a contract for the, the new audio NLS player will be voice controlled and they are trying to get that contract. And so they've developed a, pretty much a, a, a barred app. And so I guess if they get that contract, um, you know, you'll see the, this phone with a, uh, with a uh, BART application. The, the big uh, downsell for me was the price is $1,400. So it's, you know, almost three times the price of the blind shell. Um, but if you want something that's totally voice controlled, then, uh, you know, it's out there for sure. I'm glad there are so many choices, uh, especially with regard, with regard to phones, because some of them are obviously iPhones and some are Android, but there are a lot of other different kinds of phones that do different things for people who may want those things. And I'm so glad to see that we have so many choices now. So uh, we have a couple more raised hands. By the way, one of the things that I want to do, and I mentioned this, I think to Jeff, and and John was, I think John was with me. One of the presentations I saw that I was very impressed with was uh, one on audio description Joel Snyder was supposed to be there, but couldn't be, unfortunately. Uh, but Spectrum Access was. And uh, I talked to them afterwards, and we're going to set up something in the months to come on Main Menu. And we're going to do a whole two-hour show, or at least an hour show, but maybe two. We'll see. On on audio description, etc. It's been a long time since we've done one. And there have been so many different things happening with audio description uh, that we want to chat about that as well. So that's coming. Can't tell you when yet because I don't know, but but we'll look at that one. By the way, Jeff Bishop is here. He has come in uh, in the last five minutes or so. And uh, glad to have you with us, Jeff. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for having me. You're on your phone. That's right. I am, actually. Yep. I am multitasking. I am getting up and get moving. As I am on main menu live, you see this is this is promoting get up and get moving. Yep, yep. and the ACBDA affiliate. Yep, exactly. and everybody should get up and do some jumping jacks while we're here on main menu live. Get up and get moving, everybody. Let's go! Woo woo! I've been doing some arm exercises, and uh, that's just raising and lowering your volume on your mic. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got finger exercises going with the mute. Non-mute. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Absolutely. I've got one. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I'm doing good. I got two hours of sleep last night, so yeah. I'm I'm I. You know, you you, uh, you energize yourself enough. You'll 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 make it through the day. I'm when amazed. When this show is over and I get treasure show done, I'm gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. It is uh, two minutes to the top of the hour. We're here for one more hour. We're going to talk about CSUN. So if you have questions, please raise your hands and we'll try and come up with some other things that we saw uh, or wanted to see. Uh, despite the fact that some of the big, big, big uh, companies weren't there, Microsoft wasn't there and uh, Google wasn't there, but there were quite a few companies that were. And uh, I don't think Amazon really wasn't there. They, just, they had a couple of people I they think, did. that were there for presentation. And Ira had just a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, John got in touch with uh, with Troy, their CEO. On many occasions, he 
had uh, he was talking to John about a couple of projects. So they but they were only about what I think maybe four or five people from Myra. So they had scaled down com, com, uh, mm-hmm. pretty pretty heavily. Yeah. So, but you know it'll it'll come back within the next year or two. It's it was better and it'll get better. We were as, talking as, about that the people who of, who were there and we said we're not sure that it's going to be back fully next year, but we think it will be perhaps in two years, especially if things go kind of the way we're going now with regard to COVID, etc. Uh, and there were, they took, they took quite a few, uh, what's the word I'm looking precautions. for? Precautions. They yeah. meaning the Center on Disability. Uh, you had to show your card saying that you were vaccinated. And or had been tested recently. Correct. And each day you had to fill out a small little questionnaire. Feeling sick today? Have a fever? I'm, it's, I'm actually making fun of it. But were you sick today? Did you uh, did you feel like you had a headache? Or, they were asking about five or six questions. And if you said, Are you in quarantine right now? Oh, that was the other one. Right. Yeah. Yes, that was a big one. So if you said <laughs> no to all that stuff, then you clicked on it. They said, congratulations. You can come to the conference today. And they, I was really... an e- and they send you that email where you could show the email, and if you didn't have that email, they would ask you. They would ask you entry. all the questions. That's again. exactly what they did to me because I forgot one day and didn't have it with me. And they said, "No, I'll just ask you the questions." Yeah, I, I said out the email no to everything. Before. I filled out the email as before I got there, and the response email had not come into my inbox yet. Oh. So she started asking me the questions, mm. and then right as we were in the middle of the questions, you know, Bing, there's the. There's the email from them, so I only had to answer like half of them. But, well, that yeah. was the other issue in that the, the connectivity in that hotel, especially in the hotel rooms, as in most hotel rooms, is not terribly good. So you could answer those questions, and then sometimes I had to wait 20 minutes for the, my my email to get to me so that I could go downstairs and show it to them. Connectivity was pretty slow there, and it is in yeah, most By the way, we should no, mention... Note no to self, they send it out at midnight, so yeah, you know, wake yeah. up in the middle yeah, of the right. night to do it or something. Like, I'm going to wake up at midnight to answer that. I've, I've they up. had volunteers all over the place. Now, maybe that was because there weren't as many blind people, but there was always somebody available in case you needed yeah. uh, you know, some type of help. Maybe you got lost, or maybe you couldn't find this room or that room. Yep. They always had people available to help, which they haven't had in years past based on numbers. Slight problem but, was that, that they didn't know that we were working like with the Good Maps app, and so we're listening, turn right in 600 feet. Hey, can I help you with something? And you can't hear voiceover <laughs> when they do that, you know, because they're not paying attention. They just see you're walking slowly, because uh, you don't walk fast. That would be foolish. No, you should, you should go up to, to the volunteers and say, can I show you how to get to <laughs> 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 yeah. No, turn, the volunteers were incredibly enthralled by it, because we explained it to them. They said, you're kidding. I, I carried on several it, conversations. It's same thing as same thing as using Ira in an airport. Yeah, same thing. People around. Yeah. Same exact thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're fascinated by that. And you can do that. Josh, Josh was Josh was been wanting to talk. Oh, okay. All right, let's go ahead, Joshua. How are you? Good to see you. Hi, I'm doing well. Can you guys uh, hear me? Okay. What, what Joshua? What, what Joshua? Louder, Joshua. What? <laughs> okay, I, I just wanted to wanted to make sure you guys could hear me because I'm using a. Uh, I'm using an Icon Plus uh, speaker to talk to you guys. You're, yep, you're but anyway, anyway, um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this, but 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 I I am I am totally uh, uh, enjoying using a product that I think is the best money that I've spent in a long time. Uh, it's with my iPhone. I'm using a little uh, 
portable Bluetooth keyboard called the Hable One. I, I know the I know the Hable One guys. I know they were at CSUN. They I don't were. know how. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how well they did. It's called the Hable One. Yeah, they they H-A- were there. I didn't get a chance to see them. I was planning on going over, and something happened, and I didn't get there. Steve, did you? Um, I did not see the Hable One. Uh, what I did see, which you know, well, uh, the uh, Orbit folks, and I don't want to steal uh, 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 Sue's Thunder, but I, I, they had, of course, the device they I think it did two seasons ago, which is. Uh, Sort of a competitor to the Hable, I guess. It's a uh, they call it the Orbit Writer, yeah. and uh, it's got a Braille keyboard and then some extra buttons for left click and right click and that, or you know, double click and that sort of thing. So it's a little bit different configuration than the Hable, but uh, they were showing that there. What was new from Hims uh, that I thought was kind of cool was the Orbit Writer. I'm sorry, the the Orbit Speaks. And it's basically, uh, you all remember the old, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, voice sense, uh, basically a Braille sense without a Braille display. That's what this device is. It's a note taker without a Braille display. So you've got a Perkins keyboard and then all the features, uh, functions that are in the uh, Orbit 20 Plus, for example, you know, the calendar and the uh, text editor and whatever else they've got. And uh, you can input with your Braille keyboard, create text files and have the output in speech and they haven't arrived in a price for it yet, but they were talking about $400. Um, so, which is, you know, uh, a bit cheaper than buying a device with a Braille display. So um, that was kind of cool. Cool. I think, pe- I think people are but, referring to it as the new modern day Braille and speak, right? Is that- exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Joshua, but, uh, well, Joshua, yeah. what, uh, what, what is, what is fascinating about the keyboard that you were talking about? Because everybody's starting to talk about it. It's on list, etc. I did get to see one as oh, well. Oh, did you? Yeah, we did too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the Hable one, what's unique about it is, is when you use it, you, you hold it kind of, kind of between the palm, not exactly, not exactly the center of the palm of your hand, but kind of the upper part of the palms of your hand, of your two hands. And you hold, you hold it up in the air. You do not, you don't, you don't use this flat. You hold it. In your hands and, and and your fingers, they just naturally land on the key, mm-hmm. on the keys, and you have to think of vertical braille. Don't think of don't think of braille like horizontal, like the keys being across from each other. You know, they're, 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 they're parallel. And and when you're and we're doing your braille, you're kind of um, the you're you're uh, you're one in four. You know, your dots, you're one in four. They're going to be tor- They're going to be facing you, not not away from you, right. like they would. Like like they would be um, normally, and w- once you get the hang of holding it and kind of rethinking a little bit that you're kind of doing vertical braille because you're holding it and it's towards you instead of away from you. Once you once you get the hang of that, you you can I mean you can you can really I mean it has completely changed how I use my iPhone. I mean I, I can if I want to I can compose emails and um, I, I, I like on the Bard mobile app I've got my. 1442 bard books i can actually do title and author search and i can i can search for a book uh very easily type it type in the title or whatever and i can find the book or word and i can find the book and um it, i mean I, I can do things like uh, i can go from page to page i can do the home button i can do the app switcher i can go i can do things like uh status bar control center uh notifications i can Activate Siri. Um, I can even. This is really cool. If you, you like, if I call HumanWare and it says, you know, welcome to HumanWare for customer service, press three for tech support, press four or whatever. 
I can uh, I can I can even I can even enter in those phone numbers, those numbers that I want. I don't have to, you know, go over to my screen and be like, hey, I got to swipe over one, two, three. No, I don't have to do any of that. I can do all this with with my, uh, you know, you know, with my Hable one. And I mean, and I got to tell you, I'm in I'm in contact with the developers, this guy named Freak Van Welsenis. It's F-R-E-E-K, but it's pronounced Freak. I'm in contact with him and I'm always letting him know about, you know, any issues I find. I mean, these guys are great. I mean, I had forgotten about it, but I had sent an email a week or so ago about an issue I was having. And this guy emails me back and says, hey, I saw you had an, I saw you had an email uh, question. Freak is not available right now. What can you give us some examples so we can look into this? I mean, so they, so they're really willing to um, look. I mean, I mean, they're, they're very willing to, uh, uh, look at this, and I'm so glad this is available, and it's going to be available available in the U.S. Because I mean, I got it for uh, $200 instead of $250, which it's more expensive than the Orbit Rider for 100. But I mean, I I mean, I I would not. I mean, I thought about getting an Orbit Rider as a comparison, but I thought, well, I don't know. I, I would I don't want to spend $100 if I don't like the Orbit Rider. I would have a device that wouldn't wouldn't want right. to be stuck with a device that wouldn't want to use. But it's really it's a really awesome device, and I'm really, I really like it. It, uh, it, it, just, it doesn't have any arrow keys or space bar. It has your your Perkins keys, your dot seven, your dot eight. Those are like longer, almost finger look like fingers almost. Mm-hmm. They're long oval keys, and you have your uh, on off switch, and you have a USB C port for charging in the back instead of like the micro USB with the Orbit Rider. So. Well, I'm glad you were on to talk a little bit about that. That's cool uh, because that's something that some of us haven't seen yet. I think several here have, but we're glad that you were able to come on and talk with us. Kim, Thanks, Kim and Chris. Anything else to add to that? It was very cute. I was wanted it? to put it in my purse and take, um, and take it home. Um, I did. I couldn't do that. No, no, you couldn't do that. That would be a conflict of interest for you. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, but yeah. it was very cute. I did go by the National Braille Press booth, and oh, um, yeah. um, was I, Ju- I Judy basically there, went Judy by because I was I was curious about the Braille me if there's made any more progress on, you know, getting repair in this country. And basically, the the, the situation is as it was a year ago, mm-hmm. or maybe longer than that. That uh, there is no repair for them available yeah. in this country, right. and they need to be shipped back. And what National Braille Press is doing, and basically, if you buy one and it breaks, they uh, you know they'll they'll give you a new one basically mm-hmm. but okay. that doesn't help you for when uh you're out of warranty by six months and the thing breaks or whatever so i was kind of disappointed in that and he pretty much said that uh you know they they i don't he didn't say they're going to stop carrying it but uh i think he kind of said that without saying it mm-hmm. uh what they did have uh actually uh he didn't have it in the booth but he told me the i can never remember the guy's name the uh the president of the company but uh there were a couple of uh folks at CSUN um that were uh previous winners or uh contestants whatever in the in National Braille Press's Touch of Genius prize and probably the most interesting one that I saw was a thing called the Hapt Braille and I'm not sure if it's quite ready for prime time but it was a very interesting con- and the concept I'd never thought of before um imagine you're holding you know something kind of oblong in your hand and it's got you know, dots one, two, three, four, five, six under your fingers. But uh, when those, you know, dots are live, it, it's vibrating. And so it's meant for deaf blind folks that a hearing person 
can talk into the microphone and say, hello, John, and it would, you know, spell back in, in Braille. And it had a couple different modes. The The quickest mode was for, you know, if you're doing hello for dot one, two, and five to all pop up at once, and then dot one, five for E. Um, probably with some training, I could do that, but I wasn't able to read it that way. But they have another mode where it'll vibrate dot one, dot two, dot five, and then pause. You Okay, that's at your H, and then one and five. Okay, that's E. And I, I could read it then. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot slower, obviously, but... Uh, you know, for uh, a deafblind person, it might be a real, a real interesting concept. So um, um, they have that there. I also um, saw this device called the Bonacle. Um, I think that's the name of the company, actually, is Bonacle. And basically what it is, is a mouse with a single Braille cell on it. And uh, you can, you know, move it across... Uh, uh, you know, whatever uh, the screen and, and get different information, you know, as you're rolling over icon. Uh, again, it's the one cell concept. And for me, it's kind of hard to actually have my finger on it and realize that, you know, an E just turned into an H. I almost have to move my finger off of it and then move my finger back on it to be able to read it. But uh, again, an interesting concept. And, you know, we'll see, you know, where they take it in, in, in future. They envision it as, you know, almost like, a companion for gaming stuff where you'd be able to read information or like, you know, I, I guess they, they were playing, uh, 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 what is it? Wordle. I can remember the name uh -huh. of the game, uh, yeah. where you've got, you know, different letters and different squares and that sort of thing. So, um, that was kind of a, a fun concept. I had never heard of before. We got a chance to, to see some people, as I said earlier, that we haven't seen in a long time, uh, saw Judy Dixon, which was great. Every chance we get a chance to see her every year at CSUN. And she uh, was also, of course, with Doug Wakefield. And, and Doug was of definite interest to me because Doug did about four rose parades for National Public Radio and American Public Radio right before we did it. Uh, John and I, I think started in 86. And he was there. The he, They flew him out uh, from uh, the D.C. Virginia area, etc. every year. Um, and I often wondered what had happened to him because we'd heard about him. In fact, we'd actually heard him do the show, the Rose Parade. And and all this time has gone by and there he was at Seaside this year. So we had a great talk, to, just talking about the Rose Parade and the things that we did in order to broadcast it. Uh, the other person I saw, which is always cool because she wasn't there in 2020, was Amanda Tolson. Uh, she was there, and I didn't get a chance to go by the booth, but they were talking about, we had a long conversation about products and things like that and st stuff that they're doing, so she's doing well. So. Main focus is script talk now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of, the, of there was some other stuff, too, that I'm probably missing. Another product I saw that I kind of uh, enjoyed was... Uh, Mega Voice is a company oh. that's been for you know decades making these uh, talking um, solar powered Bibles, and uh, oh, yeah. actually you know pretty good product. I mean, and they said it when I, when I was working at Braille, there was a lot of folks there that had them and, and enjoyed them, and they seemed to last a long time. And two years ago, I saw their product called the Connect E-Reader, I believe it is which um, is a solar-powered um, audio reader, daisy book reader. Uh, what they envision it as is a library would actually download books to your e-reader, 
and they've got all kinds of things they can do. They can, uh, you know, only let you have the book for so long, or they can only let you have so many books, or, you know, they can actually look and see when you finish the book and delete that, give you another one. Um, and I guess the uh, uh, Australian uh, talking book agency, uh, Vision Australia, is, is using it. And uh, they're looking at it for use in the third world because uh, it is solar powered and so it doesn't require uh, batteries or anything like that. And what intrigued me was they were going to come out with a platform uh, whereby an individual could buy one and then, you know, on the Internet, uh, download books to it. Uh, apparently, you can't download books to the device directly, but it has to be done through this web portal. And uh, if they made that available Right now, you pretty much have to have an agency like Vision Australia download your books for you. But if they make this portal available to uh, folks who buy the device, uh, individual consumers, which they're talking about doing, then we'd be able to, um, you know, download books and and have a solar powered device. Wow, really cool, Jessica. Jessica's up. Jessica, you there? Hey, I am here. There I you was go. Checking to, I was checking to see if I was unmuted. You are. What's your question, Jessica? Is there access to the presentation that I believe it was Ron Miller and possibly somebody else gave? I wanted to hear it, but I ended up missing it. Ron didn't do a presentation at CSUN. He was in the booth and also studying for his, his college courses. So he he didn't do a presentation this year at CSUN. Oh, okay. Uh, Matt, Matt Ader, I think, or so, oh, somebody. Okay, Matt Ader did a, he, a keynote address at the beginning. Um, he filled in and um, it actually was really, really good. It was up there. I don't know, John, is it still up there? They tend to keep the keynotes for a while, so it probably is. It was as as a few days ago because okay. I watched it, so yeah. it should still yeah. be there. But I don't think yeah. any of the presentations on a daily basis no. are up there, unless they've left the last Friday ones up there. I'm not sure. Haven't checked it. And while. where is that? It's on the uh, CSUN webpage on the main main page. Or if you go to okay, YouTube and type CSUN. Yeah, what do you... CSUN yeah. Keynote should do it if you do that in the search field. Or just even, yeah. even yeah. Or Center on conference. Disabilities yeah. Network. Yeah. In in most cases, uh, they don't share presentations at all. In fact, you can't even record them. But in this particular case, since they were actually streamed, those that were done in Platinum 6, those were streamed, and I think that's probably why they, they many are still up. Including the keynote, which was a fascinating couple of hours. It was really good. Okay, I'll see if I can find it, and I'll get a hold of one of you if I have trouble. Thanks, Jessica. One thing they did that was new to me this year at CSUN, I know you guys always uh, go to the presentations. I've never paid, well, I shouldn't say never. It's been many years since I've actually paid for the uh, CSUN registration. I just go for the exhibits. <laughs> but... Uh, they did something this year that was kind of cool that uh, they have an area in the exhibit hall, um, I forgot what they call it, the, you know, probably presentation area or something like that. 
And uh, everybody was doing half hour presentations on their products and they published a schedule. And so, uh, for example, I went by and, uh, and heard the, uh, the Orbit presentation and followed that with the OrCam presentation. The uh-huh. or- Orbit, there were several people in the audience uh, the OrCam, as it turned out, I was the only person there, so <laughs> the demonstration turned into a, uh, you know, basically a, a, a one-man, I, I, I got a 20-minute demo of, uh, of the latest OrCam, but uh, they had those running all day, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, a couple different, couple dozen different vendors, so uh, that was another way that if you weren't paying for the uh, registration, that you could actually go and hear about some of these products. Yeah, and they were uh, listed on their webpage, the too, yeah, they were listed on the CSUN webpage, the whole schedule of what was going on, uh, not just presenters, but I mean in the exhibit hall as well. So one of the one of the cool things that happened, and it happens every year. Stevie Wonder Stevie Wonder comes to CSUN every year, um, and he's looking for products and wants to know what's happening. And of course, and he's got his bodyguards with him. As he must, I guess, uh, unfortunately, but that, that's the way it is. But so they were there this year, and this was during, he was here a couple of times. Um, on Wednesday, he was there at the Vespero reception, and that was pretty full. We had a lot of people there, probably three or four hundred. And all of a sudden, the buzz came, and and I, I I didn't know that, but I was standing probably I don't know ten feet from him. But I'm not one to actually walk up to somebody like that and say, hey. Uh, guess who I am? You know, I, I don't do that. I don't really want to bother somebody, so I don't. But he was there and was talking with all kinds of people, and then he wanted to see products. And especially in today's society, you can't generally just let somebody walk through an exhibit hall, somebody with, you know, with that kind of notoriety. Um, and so what they did was they had him in a, a ballroom, and they brought all the vendors in to see him, and they brought their products. And he got a chance to see the products, but they didn't. I assume they probably felt it might have been dangerous to have him wandering around in the exhibit hall. So that's what they chose to do. And he was there, I think, Thursday or Friday as well. And I'm sure they were hoping he'd max out his credit card. I don't know if he did. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah. So he's there every year, every single year. And it used mm-hmm. to be, uh, it wasn't a big deal because he was when the when the conference was in L.A. at the Marriott. I, well, I'd always see him. And he even came down to San Diego. I don't know if he came down as often, but I've seen him there too. And now it's not very far to go from L.A. or the Valley into Anaheim. And uh, he was there too. He was there. I don't know if he was there. I can't remember in 2020 during the pandemic, but, but I know for years prior to that he was. And he was definitely there this year. So pretty cool. And everybody yeah, you know, I met him. I met him down. one year at CSUN too. Did you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I may have met him. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I think I did meet him, and we said hello. But that's all really there was to it. Mine was an accidental meeting. He, oh, you I told at, me this story. Go ahead and tell yes. us again. Yeah, yeah. I was at the uh, Sendero Sendero Suite, and uh, Stevie Wonder is actually friends with uh, Mike May. Right. So basically, I went in there and I was sitting on the couch minding my own business, and I hadn't met him before. And he gets up to walk and do something. He trips uh, trips over me and falls into my lap. Wow! Oh my God, Chris! Did you and 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 uh, did you try and sell him something for Mystic did, Access? Yeah, no, it was because Mystic wasn't a thing at the time. Uh, it wasn't even a thing at the time. Where I'm sure he would have, because this would only happen to Chris. Yes. So, yeah. and, and did he tell you about it before you guys got married? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I need the story for you. Oh. Sure. 
Stop, John. Anyway, so that was fun. Uh, and there were, there were all, from a networking standpoint, it was so cool to be able to talk to people who spoke different languages. Uh, and there were quite a few of them lots there. Of I mean, them. I was surprised. Lots of them all over the world yep. came. And it was so much fun. Really, really good. And the food was pretty good. They had yep. several restaurants, as they usually do, and the people were pretty pretty good about giving us uh, information as we needed it. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun. So if you have an opportunity to go next year, we would encourage you to do that. I know that because of pandemic, they were giving – they had discounts available to, to – people who had been previously yeah and i don't know if they'll continue doing that but they seem to be more flexible in that regard than they were before i mean before it was pretty you know black and white it was our way or no way that's the way i i impre- i got that was the impression it may not I, have been that I, way but that yeah. was the impression you had and it was also great to see friends that i haven't seen in a long time from ccb uh Vita Zavoli called and said, hey, you want to have breakfast? And I said, sure. And uh, I said, do you want John there? And she said, well, if you must. Uh, actually, I may be misremembering that conversation, but it doesn't matter. I'm sure you are. Yeah, and Kathy, Kathy, Kathy Schmidt-Whitaker was around and uh, there as well. And so we had breakfast, and it was great fun because we really don't get a chance to see them except for maybe a few times a year. And I don't think I'd ever... I think I met Vita once. So and that happened in a couple of other cases with CCB people and others who were from ACB that we happened to meet. So I, I always enjoy that. That's lots of fun. If you have questions, uh, we will take them. If you have comments, etc., raise your hands. Rick will call on you and uh, and then you get you unmuted and, and we'll talk. Got about 36 minutes left. So. Yeah. Any questions, uh up there to be asked. Stevie Wonder. Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> man, you never you never know what he's going to do when he's a host, man, because he's got this huge music library. Yeah, he, he did yeah. that the other day on uh, Let's Talk Sports with Dan and Eric. <laughs> and it's on the floor. Yeah, I've heard some of the things you played on. Uh, no, 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 John. Uh, yeah, yeah, be, it, careful, John. be careful. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> be careful, be careful. See, see, the let's st- uh, Sir Duke uh, inspired somebody here. Hold on. Exactly. Okay. Statues of limitation have not run out, John. Leave it alone. Okay. Area code five seven one. There we go. Area code five seven. There you go. Yes, hello, folks. How are you doing? We're good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Good. I'd like to ask, where did you get an Orbit writer, and who makes it? First of all, who is this? Tell us your name. Oh, this is this is Pamela from Northern Virginia. Very good. Okay. Okay. So the Orbit so, writer is. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, the Orbit writer is uh, a product of uh, Orbit Research, uh, same folks that make the uh, the um, Orbit um, Twenty and the Orbit Forty. And uh, it's been available um, now for, gosh, I don't know, I think over a year now, something like that. I think, uh, and I think in most cases, you can, you can generally, in most cases, you can Google products like that and it'll take you to a website. And you can, and you can check with regard to how you can retrieve it. And most of these larger companies also have 
um, distributors in the United States. And so there might even be somebody selling it near where you live. I would check that out too. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. One of the cool things that we saw and everybody saw, you had to have, was at the Marriott, and that was their their talking elevator. Yes, yes, they've wow, had that they there had for the that. last three years, for a couple of years. Yeah, yes, Ooh. but I don't know it, if it actually talks and works when this particular convention is going on. I don't, I don't think I've been there recently uh, when the convention wasn't going on to see if the the actual device is still in. I'm not sure. It probably basically, is. basically, it's it's a it's a keypad. So in a normal elevator, the way I see it is, you have up or down. You have to find them. You get on the elevator, and then in the elevator, you tell it where you want to go. This one has a help button at the bottom of the keypad on the outside, and you hit that help button, and it prompts you what floor do you want to go to, and, and where your car is coming from. So it tells yes. you when your car is coming from when it comes down. And then when you get into the car, you do nothing. It just takes you to your floor and announces your floor and you get out. The problem, though, is with not, not that device at all. But the elevators in general, they are so quiet uh, yes. that you really yep. have to listen. Now, they tell you, uh, go to car K on the right. right. Yep. And then you wander over, but you really have to listen for that door to open. Yes, you do. And sometimes you can miss. Uh, I remember one case we were going, oh, we were doing, John, we didn't do anything on this, did we? On, no, we haven't talked about it yet. On, a, on the escape room, which was really cool. Right. And we got locked in an elevator. It, um, I, finally, I finally found the close button because the door was closed, but I couldn't, it wouldn't go anywhere for like four minutes, three, four minutes. I pushed the close button and finally it moved and finally we were fine. But they were wondering if we were ever going to get out of the elevator. We were on the way to an escape room that um, Matt, Eddier, and others from Respiro have put together, and it literally is a room in which you've gotten cert- you have certain certain things in the room, and you have to solve puzzles as a team in order to get out of it. It's not where you're, you're not literally locked in, but I mean, in order to leave the room, you have to attempt to solve a. Uh, puzzles that they've created and you have like what is it 40 45 minutes to do it and there are clues they give you clues mm-hmm. and they give it's you it's a lot of fun yeah it's it's much fun and it, it shows it actually shows you how important it is to work together rather than separately and uh and so that's where we were I, the, the problem is because uh, we did record talking to people about it but we haven't had a chance to edit it yet because we can't. We don't want to give away any clues that we're inside the room that are specific to those people trying to solve the puzzles. So we've not yet had, had a chance to actually put something together. Uh, we'll do a production similar to this in a couple of weeks, and maybe between now and then we'll do that. It's a fascinating they, concept. There, the theme this year for the escape room was New Orleans, and I mean, it, it may be that they'll carry that over to the conventions. We'll see see how it goes but if you have an opportunity this summer and you're at one of the conventions uh ask them about the escape room it's really a lot of fun so okay anyway um any other hands i don't think i saw any 
No, Jane's got her hand up, okay. but she's able to unmute herself. So. Yeah, yeah. Now she. Hey, hand. you know, have have we talked about mystic access? Much? It's, it's funny. John just it. said. John just said to me about two minutes ago. He said, "Have you guys let them? Did you plug mystic access yet?" And I said, "No, but we're about to." And then you say it about thirty seconds later. Fascinating. Okay, because because you know, uh, I'm really uh, eager to talk about it because. I'm way behind on your podcast, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I need and I, and I need to catch up. So you need to give me all the updates. You see, so oh. so we can cut down on the five thousand four hundred ninety-three episodes that <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, right. We know. Right now. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I, no, no. I subscribe to. Uh, I, I'm horrible. I subscribe to. I don't. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> about fourteen hundred podcasts, and uh, I, I'm down to five thousand four hundred ninety-three that I haven't heard yet. So that's not bad because because no, it's it, not. It, it, no, that's, that's pretty that's good. That's pretty good considering, yeah. right? I and, and it's and it's only about a hundred and a uh, hundred and twelve podcasts that make up that five thousand four hundred ninety three. Well, so you, you and you're in realize, that list, by the way. You do realize we got married a year ago, right? Almost, I, you know, no, he yeah, hasn't I gotten that far that's yet. That's 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 He's still behind. behind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, I don't. I think he's still back in 1997. I think something like no, that. No, yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, you're still working for us, for uh, Sendero there, yeah, Chris. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's not quite that bad. No. <laughs> But it's no. not fun to exaggerate. So, it, but anyway, absolutely. for those, for a lot, there are people I'm sure that, that that may not know what Mystic Access is and what what you do. So maybe uh, you know you don't have to take 30 minutes, but you know take a couple minutes and talk. Take about as that. much time as you want. <laughs> Jeff's going to okay. be listening well, to the Chris, podcast while you do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, I'm not. I'm going to listen to them, so I don't have to listen. To well, there you go. Yeah, we can, we can catch you up. We can give you the 10 minute uh, yeah. uh, uh, mini version of what the, abri- what the abbreviated, the abbreviated yeah. version, the completely yeah, the abridged and abbreviated version, the, right. exactly. the Reader's Cliff Digest notes. version. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris started this thing, so he can start talking about it, and I'll just jump in. Yeah. So um, back in 2013, uh, I was looking for a you know, something to do because Sendero was winding down. And um, I thought back to my youth of 1989 or 1990 when I was first into this technology thing where I got my first Braille and Speak and the audio tutorial that came with that or the, the manual that was read by Fred Cassoni really uh, put an impact into my life because I had this Braille and Speak and I didn't know how to use it. And I learned it in like four or five hours flat listening to that tape. And I thought, well, you know, we could do something like that for other people, you know, with specific products and services and things like that, which we, you know, we can do. So we create audio tutorials on blindness and or mainstream products. And uh, in 2015, I asked Kim to do a Victor reader stream tutorial, which was our first foray into the tutorial creation process and her first answer was she laughed because she says who needs a tutorial on the victor reader stream and then she did some searching and we thought we could do something better and now seven Seven years years later later. here we are yeah and we're still selling stream tutorials so you know 
it worked out and it was so rewarding i think to go to csun and talk to so many people who knew us we didn't have to introduce ourselves sometimes you know it was great you just wander over and people were like hi i mean you know they read your name their name your they read yeah, your badges they read your badge. they know exactly who you are and it's like wow this is cool yeah. yeah it was great i mean it just shows that seven years really 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 paid off in terms of what we're doing and and who we've reached and i mean even the the fact that we've done tutorials on braille displays you know something that's not a speech input device at all or a speech output device um you know that's very gratifying to know that that kind of stuff can be done and you know we try to be troubadours in the industry and do stuff that maybe some people would go how are you going to do a tutorial on that you know so it's it's very gratifying it's a lot of fun and what's the webpage in case somebody wants to go up there and look around? Just in case, oh. yes. Just in, just in case. It's mysticaccess.com. M-Y-S-T-I-C access.com. So you can visit us and see our gajillions of products and also lots more in the pipeline. There's a lot of free stuff up there, too. We've got Tons. the, as Jeff was referring to, we do have a biweekly podcast. That's we sure do running since 2007 and it really has been a bi-weekly podcast we haven't missed a week in 20 since 2017 and our next episode we actually just recorded it's on that lyric that we talked about earlier mm -hmm. so we actually unbox it it's really fun so that'll be wow. coming out next tuesday cool uh rick let's put you to work yeah we have a hand? We do, we do. And it is Michael. Michael Babcock. Hello. Michael yes, Babcock. It is me. Wow. Unlike Jeff, I am caught up on podcast, and I do have a question <laughs> for Chris. Uh, uh, real quick, Chris, really appreciate your guys' podcast. What was the name of that clipboard manager you reviewed a couple weeks ago, if you don't mind sharing? Clipcash. Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. I, I could have went to mysticaccesspodcast.com, but I figured since you're here, I'll just ask you. There you go. There you go. Do it the convenient way. <laughs> not not to be confused with Mystic Pizza. True. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that sounds pretty good right now. Thank you. And, it does. I'm sure I'm sure you've never heard that before, right? Actually, there was a Mystic Pizza a couple uh, blocks away and down, but I think it closed because I haven't found it since. <laughs> That was actually a movie too, Mystic Pizza. Really? Huh. Yeah. There was a what was the there was a a book about football. What was that something pizza that was written by John Grisham, I think. And now I can't <clears throat> it was a good book too, and I don't I never did did find out how they got pizza out of it. Oh well. Uh we have probably let's see here probably about maybe 20 minutes or so so if you have comments or questions come on michael babcock you can do more than that absolutely what else what else do you want to ask michael you got to ask something else something what, what else do i want to ask that puts me on on the spot a little bit <laughs> of you were thinking of does. playing for pizza is the name oh of the yeah right you're right yep. Play Google is my best friend. Oh, you Google that. See, I thought you knew the answer. I, I need to learn to keep my secrets to myself and just make people think I know everything. Yeah. So, so, so I have a question for Chris, actually. And, and I know you guys put out a, a WordPress uh, course. Yeah, a good and, one. And I'm just, yeah. And, and I'm just wondering, you know, what, what are you finding 
because this is an area where the information access committee along with the um board of publications is is working on us on a strategy to to frame up a sort of a i wouldn't say cookie cutter but kind of a cookie cutter approach for acb affiliates and um i'm just wondering you know what what you're finding to be the most accessible uh, themes and accessible, you know, uh, platform these days. Are you are you still feeling the same about WordPress in reference to a platform, or um, what are you what 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 are you finding from a from a technology perspective? Yeah, it relates to you know site management and and that type of thing. The Astra theme is is quite accessible. Monument Valley is quite accessible as well. But one thing that we do on all of our installations currently is utilize the classic, um, classic editor. Editor. Plugin. Yeah. Yes. Which is going away. Which is, Gutenberg. It says it's going away, but it's got last time I looked over 5 million installs. So I think there's going to be 5 million unhappy people. Yeah. 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 Now, have you have you played much with Generate Press as a as a theme? A long time ago, we a have long played time with ago. Yes. Yeah, not in a while. Yeah, it's it's fully WCAG two point one compliant. You might want to give it another look. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's okay. um, it's it's one that uh, I know Michael Babcock. You you're using it, right? Yep, I use it on several sites. Yeah, and uh, it it it's it's probably the approach we're gonna uh, use for the cookie cutter approach. We're the acbmedia.org website, if you haven't visited it, it it it's based on that theme. Okay. And um it but as well as the admin interface as well. They've done some nice yeah. things to nice. to make that a really polished and and well working, accessible experience. So that's kind of nice. That's great to know. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so you might want to give it a give it a look. Now, now since we're talking WordPress, can I jump in for half a second and ask Chris what it, Chris and Kim, what uh, forum plugin have you guys had success with? Yeah, that's where I? I was going next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forums yeah, like have, form, like uh, Gravity Forms. Oh, is what I'm most oh, familiar with. Um, Contact Form Seven we use. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's because of the simple form. interface. Is that why? Or yep, yeah, yeah. you can, easy, you can use short code yeah. short codes with it. And, yeah, the shortcode thing is interesting too, of course, because if you want the same, you know, a similar contact form on four different pages, then you want to know who comes in from where. You know, you've got the options. Yeah, so. but to to build it, you're building it with. You're not building it with a wizard. You're building mm-hmm. it in its own editor. In its own and you're editor. Putting, yeah. You're putting yep. placeholders in there, I guess, for lack of a I, better term. I texted Jeff this earlier today. I spent an hour trying to reorganize forms with Gravity Forms called Ira, and they didn't team viewer in less than three minutes. So oh, of course, sometimes you just gotta 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 get over your pride and get some assistance. So I've I did something on a website with uh, Ira and TeamViewer, and it took us longer to connect than it did for them. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yep. fun. and you'd probably been spending forty five minutes with it yep. beforehand. Yeah. By the way, before I forget, on TeamViewer, a lot of people are having trouble with usernames and passwords, uh, no matter what screen reader you use. But Brian Harchin has given his scripts out to whoever wants them, and it just puts the username and password in a virtual viewer um, for JAWS users, and it's right there, quick and easy to use. I don't know whether that 
would work with other screen readers or not, but uh, maybe somebody who uses NVDA would be able to answer that question and, and come up with something similar. But they're free and available to anybody who wants them. And it'd be good for an NVDA person to tackle yeah, that it because it, it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't do that currently. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't currently work. What I've actually done is there's a stripped down version of TeamViewer. It's a support TeamViewer support or something like that. That still reads the username and password that you can arrow through it. It's literally something you download and run, and um, that does work. The other thing I've done in a pinch with regular Team Viewers go to the password hit home, then shift end, then control C, then go to notepad and paste it. So mm-hmm. that will work too. You you would think the developers would fix it. I mean, it doesn't you would seem think. like it would be that like, tough a problem to fix, mm-hmm. but they haven't done anything in the last couple of releases. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly was... surprised that they're not using quick assist at, at quick uh, assist. IRA. That's it. Yeah, I am too. Because it seems to work pretty well. I don't think it yet works for us going the other way, but it certainly no, works no, no, for no, Ira not, and other people. No. Uh, Rick and but, I but used it Ira, today. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, and it's quick and it's fully accessible, yes. right? Yep. It's, it's, it's yes. fantastic. Yep. It worked out very well. I, I said, Rick and I used it today and we used it a couple of days ago and, and he's got enough vision to see exactly what's on my screen. As I said, it's not workable the other way around. But it is in that particular case. So, what I've had to do with TeamViewer is just uh, let it read the password and then uh, pull it out of the JAWS history. That's the only way I've been able to. There you go. Uh, read it, read it back. That works. Uh, other people hold their phones up to the screen. Yeah, and, and, and actually, Ira has has offered to do that. Yeah. And, uh, usually, by the time I. Um, you know, I try and minimize my time on with Ira so I get the, the password ready to go and then I can just call them and read it to them. But yeah, that, that's sure. certainly another option too. Sure. And I've got my name or my, whatever they call it, my ID mm-hmm. actually in my uh, profile because that never changes. No, so. right. Exactly. Then you, yeah. you just have to give me your password. And sometimes you, just you don't have even to have remember to do that. you're calling from that computer if you have multiple computers. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that could be a that's true. One. You know. Well, they'll solve the problem when they come up with the Ira desktop app. That'll mm, be good. So, yeah, got about fifteen minutes left. If anybody has questions, uh, we want to put Rick to work. So, come on in, ask your question, and uh, we'll be happy to attempt an answer. <clears throat> Maybe I, I is there anything that you didn't get a chance to see? Those who were at CSUN that you really wanted to see, but time just said no. I wanted to see the Braille Sense 6, but yeah. uh, many, but um, I didn't get over there. And then, you know, uh, I had a, I had a U2, and for what Chris says is true, then, and, I, and I can believe it because I've seen the, the full-size Braille Sense. And they, that's one thing HIMSS does do is they keep a lot of things the same. So there's not, you know, you have to learn the Google stuff, obviously, but, you know, their stuff they put on top of it has is, is been pretty mm-hmm. uh, similar for the last several devices. One thing I noticed, which I thought was really cool, is they, they've had the Google uh, Google Drive integration right into File Manager, and now you can do the same thing with OneDrive as well as, uh, I believe, Dropbox is coming. If it's not there, it's coming soon. <coughs> so right from in their File Manager, you can go all those places, which was, it's, it, that's really nice. That's cool. That's cool. 
You know, one thing I like about the BrailleSense 6, I managed to um, get the the 32-cell one, um, is that if you're if there's a user who's coming to the BrailleSense 6 from, uh, let's say, the you know the Polaris, or not the Polaris, but the the um, the one before that. <laughs> I'm not even remembering what it U2. is. U2. The U2. Yes, thank you. Um, you don't have to worry about the fact that it's Android right away. Everything still feels very much like Hymns. Absolutely does. Yes. And and if you want, you can delve under the hood and and go for it. But it it does not force you into like an Android setup process or anything like that. It's still all very Hymns, which is nice. I'm trying. I had a question that I was going to ask, and now I'm not remembering what it was. But that's okay. Uh, oh, okay. Let's um, let's let's ask Rick to see who's raising their hand, because I didn't hear. It's Jessica. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, it's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hey, I missed my opportunity earlier to ask if Good Maps works on college campuses and in college buildings. If the college has approached Good Maps to to map the venue, then it would work. Uh, but it's up to the the venue to ask for that or to work with good maps in, in terms of mapping a, a specific building. Um, so I don't know for sure. You'd have to check to see if they've been if, on the website to see if they're listed as one of those that has had their building mapped. You know, it's it's still pretty much in its infancy. They, they're just really beginning to make some progress in that regard. So they're hoping that, you know, in the next several years, a lot of the buildings will be, be mapped. But um, a lot of the buildings right now are, well, not all of them, but I mean, there are a lot of Kentucky buildings that are, are mapped and, uh, of course, Boston and, uh, East coast. So there's, they're just getting really, just getting started in that regard. So, that was going to be my next question is how do you know what buildings are or aren't mapped yet? They have a list on the website and I, they probably update them pretty often. Uh, but you might want to ask your your college to get in touch with Good Maps, Evelyn's address, or or uh, you know, there's probably a, f- a form on the page where that can be done. And I think Evelyn, we gave Evelyn's email address earlier, so it's up to the venue to talk to them about that. And it, it's not a free process because they have to go in and map it with the cameras. But they're they'd be very interested in talking to anybody who wants to take a look at pricing for uh, for the venue who at my school would i give such information to i you know i don't know specifically but i mean i would take a look at at whoever maybe the dean is of the area where you study and and they could probably refer you to somebody okay cool i'll look into it thanks okay you're welcome Anybody with their anybody else with their hand raised or even their foot at this point because we have been on the air a long time. Nope. We we can play some more Sir Duke if you want. <laughs> <laughs> if that brings up questions, sure. What the heck? 
No, there's no more questions. Not at the moment. We got about 10 minutes left, so a little less than 10 minutes, actually. So we're, This is to- totally a random, but um, there's a company, and I believe they're called like Strap Technologies. Were they there? You know, they, they were there a couple of years ago. I don't know if they were there this year. I can't remember. Steve, do you remember? Maybe not. They were there a couple of years ago. Uh, I didn't. Okay. I don't recall whether I saw them this year or not. Okay, because I know they they keep mentioning this uh, technology that's coming out, and I recently got an email, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if they were at CSUN. Hmm. Okay, you know, we 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 saw some low tech um, at CSUN as well. We saw these Sensi cane tips. Mm-hmm. Has anybody heard of these? Really cool. It's mm-hmm. it's like a roller skate, really. So you can yeah, slide, you can roll back and forth, you can roll forward and back. It even has a kickstand on it, so that when you want to put your cane in a corner or something, it it doesn't fall over. That's wow! Cool. I need one of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were I, actually very cool. We were we were thinking, kind of, are they going to make the cane really really heavy? But they don't, in fact. So that was a fun thing. Another not-so-low-tech thing we saw that I had forgotten about, Steve was talking about visiting the MBD booth, National Braille Press. Uh, Brian was showing me the, uh, I don't know what the, the name of it is, but it's one of the new Touch of Genius prizes, the little ring, and it's got Braille, and you turn it, and you're able to read the Braille in the ring. It's kind of a fascinating Yeah, thing. yeah. I either saw, I think I saw that, and I don't remember who showed it to me, but I was fascinated by that. And I said, "Is it? Can I really get my finger inside that ring?" <laughs> right. It's like because my fingers are pretty big, and I thought, but uh, but it did look, and it was, and I could actually read it. I thought it would be yeah. so small and thin that I wouldn't be able to read it, but I could. Yeah, I could too. I thought it was an interesting little innovation. Yeah, yeah. Are the messages um, pre-written, and and you have to take what's there, or can you customize it? I, I thought, and I could be completely way off base, but I thought it would eventually connect to a mobile phone. You could read your yeah, your you can actually read that way. Oh, messages, like that. texts, wow. and all kinds of things. With That's it. cool. Yeah. Interesting. That would be kind of fun, maybe to, to take a look at it, and maybe see what's happening in the future for that company. Yes, because it's a great yeah. idea, terrific idea. Uh, next month, I think it's oh, April twenty seventh. Or, or yeah, I'll, well, I'll get back to that because we have a, we, we have a raised hand, but oh. we're gonna we're gonna look for the things to do here the next couple of months, and some of it's going to be surrounding convention which comes up in July, but more about that here in just a little bit. So let, let, let's, let's go ahead and take the raised hand if we can. Uh, it's okay. Mitchell. Oh. No, that's I'm Shirley. Um, oh, Shirley. Hey, oh, Shirley. Okay. Just, I was, was going to say, you guys told me to unmute. Was there somebody else before me? No, Rick, nope, 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 Rick just nope, likes nope. to call you Mitchell. That's that's all there is. That, that, uh, that's, that's great. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things, but I don't think time for Mitchell. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Well, you know, you guys sorry, have sure. been asking and asking for somebody, so I finally, you know, just had to do it. So here I am. Um does anybody have any idea where we can see this uh, 
uh, one display or who sells it um, in the United States or who's going to sell it. I am really going to mess up the name. It was a Hey Something or, um, you know, you guys said it was. Is that the keyboard? Pardon? Is that the keyboard? Yeah, the keyboard. We're going to do something on uh, on Tech Talk. I don't know yet when, but we are planning on doing something on the keyboard. So we'll have a lot more information then. And, and they might be at the conventions. Uh, we haven't. We don't know who this, what the schedule looks like yet, but it could be that they'll be at conventions. Okay. Now, so. I'm not talking about the one that's like the Braille and Speak. I'm talking about the other one that um, this guy, Josh. Joshua, yeah, that's the one. That, yeah, the that, little phone one. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're, right, we're talking right. about doing something about that. But we have we're just now okay. in the preliminary stages of talking about it. So, but so stay tuned because okay. we'll talk more about it when we know more. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You guys do an excellent job, and I really, uh, you know, appreciate the the fact that you're here for us and provide us with all this information. Thank you, Shirley. We're glad you're with us. Thank you. And next month, five minutes. Left. Next month, we're going to. I think we're going to be talking in part about the convention because, for uh, the internet, the uh, IAC committee has pretty much solidified what we're going to do, and we're still working on those things. And so there'll be kind of uh, some time for discussion. Uh, yeah, we sh- we we should ha- be ready to talk all about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that because it's going to yeah. be fun. It's going to be a lot mm-hmm. by by Friday. We'll know whether how the what the convention is going to look like with regard to a hybrid or you know live presentations yep. or yep. just Zoom. That decision will be made Friday night at the board meeting. So if you want to tune in, you certainly can. Right, and if and if it's hybrid, John will be providing every main menu listener free drink. There you go. Uh, you know, Ooh. every night of the convention, I'll, so I'll take it out of Larry's expense account. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to actually going to the convention and seeing people I've never met before, mm-hmm. and have talked to many times over the years. So I can't wait to do that. So uh, Kim and Chris, why don't you one more time give your information in case anybody would like to talk to you or see know more about your products. Yeah, we would love to do that. Absolutely. So we are at mysticaccess.com, M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S.com. You can email us. It's real easy. Info at mysticaccess.com reaches us both. And we can be reached via phone at 716-543-3323. We're on Eastern Time in New York. Chris and Kim, real quick, I have a quick question yeah. for you guys. You guys have these magnetic charging cables I've heard about that I referred people to you to, correct? We don't nope. have magnetic ones. We've oh, got okay. Yeah, we've got reversible ones. We have a really cool reversible micro USB cable that a lot of people love. So that's kind of a fun one. Got it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Okay, so I have a fun question to end on. So so we've listened to you guys for years, right? Doing your podcast. And and now you're married and you've been married for what you know. Almost eight years? months. Yeah. Oh, eight yeah. Months, eight okay. Months. So I would like each of you to tell us one thing that has surprised you or that you have learned that's funny about each other now that you're married. Ooh. Truthfully, I can't think of anything. Oh, come you on. Can't now. think of a thing? Come on. No. Nothing? No. Oh, nope. come on. <laughs> really nothing yeah. cute nothing nothing like you know 
nothing, no, nothing not really. Fun. I mean, Aww, we've, we've that, known we've known Aww. well, we've known each other for ten years. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't you know we know pretty much there is to know of of I each would, other. I would and, think there would have been something though. No, I I can't think. Maybe she can, but I can't. Okay, I'm sure she's got something. Mm, I I think he's I think he's a very sweet person. I think he, there's a sweetness to him that that does not necessarily come out so much all the time. But you know, he's a genuinely sweet person. You really know it when you're in close contact with him for a long time. He's, Aww, he's a marshmallow. Very inside. nice. There you go. See, see, that's that's awesome. That's a great way to end the show. See? Kim, Chris, Steve, thank and Jason, thanks so much for all being with us. You made it a terrific two hours and we enjoyed it. So fun to be with so you. So we enjoyed it as well. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. Great. Fun time. Thanks for having us. And join us next month around the 27th of April for another couple of hours of main menu. Good night, everybody.